This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane. Welcome to Victory Lane. Hello out there. I'm your host, Reverend Lawrence Gray Sr. Our subject today is going to be our continuation of our teaching on the Apostles of the Acts. We are now in chapter 27 and 28, and we're winding down this this chapter of, of a long dialogue of teaching, and we pray that you have been blessed in it. In the next two weeks, we're going to be closing out this chapter with Paul on his missionary journey, and we're going to see where it's going to lead Paul, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? And, it, and when it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius. We boarded a ship from Aramitium, about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia. And we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day, we landed at Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so that, may, so that they might provide for his needs. So they sent him from Jerusalem to Sidon, which is 70 miles, okay? And when they got there, the soldier, Julius, in the kindness of his heart, let Paul hang out with his friends so that they might provide his needs. Paul is still a trustee in prison. And they are traveling. So a trustee has special rights and, and, and get to do special favors while locked up. We put out to sea again and passed to the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. In other words, they sailed along uh, 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 Cyprus because the winds were coming against them, right? In other words, they're trying to sail, but the wind is pushing them back. So they get to the side of the wind trying to sail to uh, along to Cyprus. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at, at Myra in Lycia. Myra in Lycia, okay? That would be uh, about 130 miles from where they were at, okay? We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Sinaitis. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the lee of Crete opposite Salmoni. Now, as they moved, we moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fairhavens near the town of Lycia. Okay? And Fairhavens is another 80 miles from where they were at, okay? Much time had been lost sailing, and sailing had already become dangerous because now it was after the Day of Atonement. So they lost a lot of time while at sea because of the winds and the storms in which they are facing, okay? They are, they are facing tremendous winds 
and they can't sail straight, so they're trying to make a detour so that they can make it to where they're going, okay? But, but it was the day after atonement. The day after atonement is when it's the holiest day of, of the uh, Jude, Judaism religion. And it's the day of where they atone for their sins and repentance by fasting and intensive prayer at the synagogue in most, in most cases. Now, so Paul warned them. Check this out. Verse 10. Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives. Paul is warning Julius this journey that we're on is dangerous. It's going to be disastrous even to our own lives. Now, check out Julius' response. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. So rather than listening to Paul, he's going to listen to the owner of the ship, which sounds reasonable, right? I mean, the owner of the ship, the captain of the ship, would, more, would know more than the, than the person who's riding on the ship. But in this case, the person riding on the ship was a man of God. And God was giving him revelation about the journey in which they were about to partake. See, sometimes just because you know a lot of stuff and you are, let me put it to you like this, you are highly educated, sophisticated, and you have all the degrees of, uh, of higher learning, well and good. But sometimes a person of God can give you insight into which you know little or nothing about. And even though your, your education tells you one thing, God speaking to a person who is a, 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 a filled with the Holy Spirit will tell you one thing and that person sometimes don't listen. Guess what? You might find yourself in trouble. Okay? I, that's just a FYI for all you high learning people. You know, when, that, when your cousin or your sister or your brother or your auntie who, who, who's a Christian call you up on the phone and say, well, my spirit is troubled about that. I think what the Lord showed me, uh, well, I got this mama, I got this auntie, and next thing you find yourself in a precarious position. Wow, I should have listened to auntie. Watch yourself. Okay, now. Verse 12, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and the northwest. So, and this is what they're doing. They're going to sail on anyway, in spite of the warning by Paul, in spite of the, the winds blowing in the air, in spite of the rain that's coming down, in spite of the fierceness of the storm that they are facing, in spite of going around the other way, trying to get to where they're going and listening to Paul, they decided that they could sail on. Here's what happened. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. So they threw over the, the anchor and they were sailing along toward Crete. Seemed like it was smooth. It was going smooth, but guess what? The warning was already had came, okay? 
Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. A wind like a hurricane. That's a very, very, very strong wind. You've seen hurricanes. Some of you have lived through hurricanes. It's very strong. Can you imagine that same hurricane out on a ship in the sea? It swept down, it swept down from the island. Verse 15, the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. Okay, they're trying to go with the wind, but the ship is caught in the storm and it's caught up in the storm and it can't move. And if it's tossing to and fro, it's frantic, it's crazy. The wind is blowing and, and hurricane winds and it's raining. They're in the midst of a storm. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Carter, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, being tossed to and fro, right? They passed by Carter, okay? And and, and Carter is uh, like uh, another uh, 50 miles, Okay, 50 miles from where they were at, and they passed along there. So let's see what happened. They could hardly secure the lifeboat. Verse 17, so the men hosted it aboard. So they brought it aboard on the ship. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. They lowered the anchor because they had no control of the ship, hoping that lowering the anchor would slow the, 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 the force of the ship's sail, would slow it down so they, can, so they can get to where they're going. But they're in the midst of a terrible storm, a hurricane storm on the sea. Guess what? You can't get out of that. You ever, been, you ever been on a hurricane storm in the sea of your life and you couldn't see your way out? I know I got a witness out there. You're in the midst of a hurricane. Your you, 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 you up is down. Your down is up. And you can't see your way through in the midst of a hurricane of life. Well, let me tell you, there's a friend who sits closer than a brother who can bring you through the storms of life. His name is Jesus. Let's see what happens. Verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. What has happened? The storm has beat up the ship real bad, so much so that the cargo on the ship had to be thrown overboard because it was carrying too much weight. In other words, the ship could possibly sink. On the third day, verse 19, they threw the ship tackle overboard with their own hands. Okay, they threw the tackle overboard. That's The tackle is the furniture and, and the luggage. They threw all of that overboard. Why? Because too much weight. You got to get some weight off the ship if the ship may sink. Because the ship has been torn up through the storm. 
verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. The storm is still on it. It's still on them. The storm is still raining, hurricane, hurricane winds raining fiercely. And it just looked like they were in the midst of this. They couldn't even see the sun. It was so that it was so dark, sky and water. And the winds blowing hurricane winds. They couldn't see no stars. They couldn't see the sun. And this, and this happened for many days. They were in this storm for many days. And they said, what? It kept on raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. We're going to die on the ship. Our hope is gone. We're going to die on this ship in the midst of this storm. Verse 21. 21. After they had gone for a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Here's Paul, a man of God. Here's Paul, walking with God. Here's Paul, a leader of God. Here's Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. Here's Paul speaking. And he says, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Didn't I tell you don't do that? How many times does that happen to some folks? Some, somebody give you a warning, don't do that, and you do it anyway. And when you do it anyway, you find yourself in trouble. Didn't I tell you not to do that? You should have listened to me. And, and then he continues, if you listened to me, you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. You would have spared yourself the damage to the ship and the loss of everything that you threw overboard. But check this out, verse 22. But now I encourage, I urge you to keep up your courage. I'm urging somebody out there today, keep up your courage. Although there are trials and tribulations in your life. Although you are going through a storm right now, although you can't see your way through, although tears are falling from your eyes, although the rough road is rough, although it is hard, although you're climbing up a mountain and you just can't see that you can get to the other side, although that is happening to you, I Tell you today, my brother, my sister, keep your courage. Keep your courage. Stand. Stand. And go through. Go through the storm. Keep your courage. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God is a present help. In times of trouble, not one of you will be lost, only the ship will destroy. You will not be lost. You may lose something in the process, but you will not be lost. Paul says to them, not one of you will be lost, but the ship is going to be destroyed. 
Your, your life is not going to be lost. Okay? I'm telling you today. Your life will not be lost. Keep your courage. And don't give in. Somebody out there is on the verge of depression and oppression and want to commit suicide. Don't do it. Don't do it. The storm will pass over. It will pass over. Don't worry about them things you lost. Even if it's a, a husband or a wife, don't worry about it. God will bring you through. He may send you someone else. And if he don't, he'll give you the courage to go through and stand. Be not dismayed when friends forsake you. Be not dismayed when you're going through what you're going through. Be not dismayed. Keep your courage. Keep your courage. And Paul said, only the ship is going to be destroyed. You're going to lose some stuff along the way, but keep your courage. Listen to what Paul said. Last night, an angel of, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God did not give us the power of fear. The spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind. You shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. God has overcome it by his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, shedding his blood for you and for me. He's overcome everything that you're going through. There's not one thing that you are going through that Jesus did not go through. He was tempted in all many ways just like us, yet he never sinned. There's not a weakness. There's not an infirmity. There's not nothing that you're going through that Jesus has not gone through already. To let you know, I've already done this. I already went through this for you. And you can go through it because I've done it. And you can do it too. Because I'll give you the strength to carry on. Keep your courage. So he said, the angel stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. The angel telling Paul, because Paul got to encourage these folks. Let me tell you, Christian, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you have to, I'm talking to the Christian, don't be afraid of what you are going through. Okay? You got to keep the faith so that you can encourage someone else. Okay? You have to hold on because a, a lot of us are going through this too. But you have to hold on and don't be afraid because you have to be the living example that God has called you to be and go through. But you got to keep your faith. So this is what the angel told Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. The angel told him everybody's life is going to be spared. Your life will be spared. Be encouraged. So keep up your courage, man. Keep up your courage, woman. 
Keep up your courage, young man, young woman. Keep up your courage, single, going through with your children. Keep up your courage. Children are running disarray. Keep up your courage and pray for them. And let God handle it. Paul says, so keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Have faith in God, just as Jesus told you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Nevertheless, we got to, we got, we got to uh, hit the rocks on this ship. We got, we got to hit this hard time that we're in. And we got to face it. And we got to run through it. And we got to go through it. We going to hit some rocks. The ship is going to break up. You going to hit some rocks. And stuff is going to break up. But go through. Now the ship is wrecked. On the 14th night, we were still driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. So they take measurements of the water. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. In other words, they're getting ready probably to hit some rocks because they, they, they're going, they, they keep traveling into shallow ground. What does that mean for a ship? You hit rock, the ship break up, you sink, you die. Some of y'all about to hit some rocks. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't bow. Don't bend. Check this out. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Okay? The front of the ship. And in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the, the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. They let the lifeboat down, pretending to let the anchors down. Okay? But Paul said, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, they want to jump off the ship. They want to let the lifeboat down, get in the ship, and get away because they know they're about to hit these rocks. Don't jump off the ship. <laughs> Don't jump off the ship. Not yet. Check out. But if the ship sails, you got to jump. If it's going to sink, you got to jump. You got you to gotta swim. Sink, swim, or die. That decision. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. You have to stay with the ship. You got to stay with it. Stay with the ship. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Eat, 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 because you're going to survive. After he had said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food for themselves. Some of y'all need to eat. Depression, eat. Although there were 276 of us on board, when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. We got to throw the grain overboard. We didn't eat. 
okay? When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. We're going to run this ship into the ground. Aground, meaning we're going to try to get to land. Cutting the loose anchors, they left them in the sea and at the, and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. They hoisted the foresail and made for the beach, right? But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. We're trying to get there. The bow in the back of it, it would not move, and the stern was broken into pieces by the pounding of the surf. The whole ship is in a shipwreck. Then the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion, the soldier, wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get the land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safely. We're going to finish up our chapter next week, chapter 28 in Acts, the Apostles. God bless you. God keep you. Amen. Join us next week as Reverend Gray continues his teaching on the Book of Acts. You can hear all Reverend Gray's teaching on the Book of Acts at gospel1190.com. Gospel